Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. We are here every weekday at this time to share the good news of Jesus and to lift up His name to this city. No matter if you are listening right now from your car or at home or in your place of work, we believe that today's sermon from Pastor Dudley will be a blessing to everyone. So if you can, get out your Bibles and let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message. I want to answer this question today, do I need to be baptized? And uh, there's so many things that, that, that need to be shared today. We've already explained to you what baptism is. And we've looked at eight divine things that happen when you're baptized. But that doesn't still answer the question, do I have to be baptized? Do I need to be baptized? And I just want you to know, go ahead and write this down. Uh, Most uh, television and radio preachers will tell you no. They can't baptize you anyway. You're listening to them on the radio. They have no way to baptize you. A lot of denominational headquarters will say no. And part of the reason for this series is that there are so many people today that downplay the importance of baptism and they downplay the significance of baptism and they downplay the necessity of baptism. There's many reasons for that. Part of that comes from a lack of studying the scriptures. Some of it comes from the fact that you just grew up in a certain denomination And a lot of times when you grow up in a denomination, the things that they teach take priority over things that the Bible teaches. Sometimes it is poor theology, and sometimes it's just a lack of interest. But I want you to know today that you're going to hear me say some things today that you're going to go, hey, I don't know if that's true or not. And I've told you many times, I might be the only preacher that says this. I've never heard another preacher say it. I don't want you to believe anything I say just because Pastor Dudley said it. I want you to take everything you ever hear with a grain of salt. Because the bottom line is, anything you hear from me or any other pastor, you need to line it up with what's written in the Word of God. And you cannot, you cannot take, and this happens all the time, people take like, You know, they take eight or nine verses and they build all their theology on eight or nine verses and they don't, they don't study the rest of the scriptures. And so today you're going to hear some things that might offend you. It's okay. I'm not a politically correct pastor. And if, 
If you're looking for a politically correct church, you've got to go somewhere else. But if you hear something you disagree with, it's okay. Don't get up and walk out. We've put all this material together for you to take this home and to look up these scriptures and study this for yourself. You don't need a preacher. You don't need uh, to have a Bible college degree. You just need to use the brain that God gave you and open up a Bible and study those scriptures. And God will reveal His truth to you. He will do that. Now, I want to go back. I want you to turn to page, uh, the bottom of page 17 in your notes. The bottom of page 17 in your notes. I want to answer this question, do I have to be baptized? Do I need to be baptized? There's two options. Everybody say two options. I have to do one more thing. I'm going to say some things to provoke you today. And again, some of you are going to disagree with it. It's okay. Next weekend, week four, is the most important week of the four weeks of this series. And next weekend, I'm talking about the prerequisites of baptism. In other words, these things you need to know before you're baptized. And the things that provoke you today, you have to just be willing to simmer you know, settle down and come back next week because next week is when I'm planning on wrapping this whole thing up and everything today that causes you trouble will make sense to you next week. Is that fair? So go back to my question. You have two options on baptism. What, do I have to do it? And there are many people that believe the answer to that is no, zero, that baptism has absolutely nothing to do with your salvation, nothing. I want you to write down the word zero, okay? Or you can just write, you can write uh, just this big goose egg. Everybody say goose egg, okay? A lot of people believe, and I will say this, that most churches believe, most preachers believe, and most people believe that baptism has nada, nothing, zero, nothing to do with salvation, okay? Now, there's a second option. The second option is, that's how you're saved, is if we can dunk you, get you underwater, if we could just get you underwater, you're saved. Those are the two options that you have, okay? Option number one, baptism has nothing to do with salvation. Option number two, we got to get you, and we got to get you in this water, and we got to dunk you, we got to get you dunked, and if you're not dunked, you're not saved. Those are the two options. How many of you are clear on the two options? Okay. Now, my understanding of scriptures, and I don't want to have a contest on who spent the most time studying the scriptures here today, okay? But I actually believe that there is a third option. And again, this will not make sense until next week. But I do believe that baptism is a part, what I call a part of the process, okay? I don't expect you to agree with that, 
But I want you to hear me out today, and I want you to come back next week, and hopefully this will all make sense to you. I want you to go to your back of your booklet and look at page 31 for just a quick second. We put this booklet together on baptism, and we're going to do a second version of it. This first version is just to kind of teach through here today. But then we're going to come back and do a second version of it that will be made available to people that will have far more, even more information in it. But I put a list there uh, in, on page 31 of a, a lot, if not most. Uh, there's a few verses that were left out. But it's most of the verses that have to do with the subject of baptism. They're there listed for you on page 31. And what, what I want you to know is that if you will turn off the television, the radio preachers, stop listening to denominational headquarters, and you would just pick up a Bible and start to read it, and don't just read part of it, but start in the book of Matthew and read all the way to the book of Revelation. That is difficult, it's difficult... And I'm going to explain to you why it's difficult for me to tell you. In fact, I can't, I can't say these words. It's hard for me to say these words. That baptism has nothing to do with salvation. I, I just... It, it, if you stay with us and come back next week, there's something there. Secondly, I cannot tell you... This can't come out of my mouth either. I can't tell you that that's how you're saved is by getting you dunked over here. And so what we're going to do here, I'm going to teach you a couple things here today. Huh, how was that? (laughs) I want to teach you a little bit about what's called a timeline. Everybody say timeline. So this is a timeline. And uh, we're not picking and choosing verses. I I want you to see a what the Bible is about. The first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Everybody say Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. (laughs) Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the first four books of the New Testament. And take a wild guess who wrote the book of Matthew. Who wrote that book? Who's buried in Grant's tomb? Grant. I'm just trying to help those of you that didn't graduate. Who wrote the book of Matthew? Who wrote the book of Mark? Who wrote the book of Luke? And who wrote the book of John? A guy named John. Now all four of those books, the first four books, those are called the Gospels. And the Gospels are biographies. They're not autobiographies. Matthew did not write about Matthew, and Mark did not write about Mark, and Luke did not write about Luke, and John did not write about John. But those four guys were eyewitnesses. They were there. They saw the miracles. They saw the healings. They heard the teachings of Jesus. And they decided, led by the Holy Spirit of God, to write down everything they saw and everything they heard. Starting with the birth of Jesus, going through his life story, his life story. And then they write down about his death, his burial, his resurrection, and then the what? The ascension. You see this little red arrow? 
That's Jesus coming down to the earth. See this little red arrow? That's Jesus leaving. And those four fellows wrote biographies on the life of Christ. So tomorrow morning, at Monday morning, when you go to work, someone comes up to you and they say to you, hey, do you go to church? You answer what? Well, what church do you go to? I went to Shepherd Church. Hey, can I ask you a question? Because I don't go to church. I know nothing about the Bible. Can you tell me where the Bible talks about the Jesus' birth? You would say the same thing I would say. You would say, I don't know the exact verse, but if you'll look up at the beginning of either Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, you'll read about his birth. And if they ask you, well, where can I find about Jesus dying on a cross and being buried? Or where, 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 can I, where, can I, where can I read about the resurrection? You would say the same thing I'd say. I can't tell you the exact verse of Scripture. But look at the end of Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Now, I want you to notice the blue star. You see this blue star right here? As Matthew records the life of Jesus Christ... Beginning with his birth, his life, the history, the parables, the stories, the teachings, the healings. And then he gets to the part where he talks about Jesus dying on a cross. And then he gets to the part where Jesus is buried. Then he talks about where Jesus came out of that grave. Jesus was on earth for 40 days. And at the end of that 40 days, Jesus goes back into heaven. But this blue star, right right before he goes, he gives what's called the Great Commission. His last words, he tells his followers to go, make disciples of all nations. And then Jesus said, these are his words, I want you to what? I want you to baptize them. And then you teach them to obey everything I've ever commanded you. Now, we come now to the fifth book, the book of Acts. And if I ask you who wrote the book of Acts, the answer is not Acts. (laughs) You see this asterisk and this asterisk? Those two books were both written by Luke. Luke wrote Luke and Luke wrote Acts. And I want you to write this down. Acts is the first book after the four Gospels. Write that down. It's the first book after the four Gospels. It's a history of the New Testament church. And if you're sitting here today and you're a believer, you are a part of the New Testament church. Okay? I'll explain that a little more in just a few moments. But Luke writes... Both Luke and Acts. So Luke, this guy here, he he was a doctor. How many of you have a doctor? How many of you don't have a doctor? You need a doctor. Luke, this guy here was a, a, a tax collector. No, or he was a fisherman. But Luke was a doctor. So Dr. Luke, what do you know about doctors? They're very exact. They don't say, well, here's kind of what I think you ought to do. Oh, they're very detailed. 
So Luke, being a doctor, he writes everything that Jesus, his life. And then, at this point, he writes a second book. So, so the book of Luke is part one. The book of Acts is part two. How many of you are tracking with me? What I want you to do, write this down. Acts is a written record of the disciples fulfilling of the Great Commission. The entire book of Acts, the fifth book of the New Testament, is a written record of the disciples doing these four things right here. All right? So Jesus tells them right before he goes, fellas, I'm out of here. I did my job. I went to the cross. I died. I was buried. I resurrected. Now I'm going back. And uh, what I want you to do while I'm gone, I'm coming back, but while I'm gone, I want you to go make disciples, baptize them, and teach them to obey. And then Jesus leaves. And then as you read the book of Acts, what you see are those disciples doing the things that Jesus asked them to do. Now, turn to page 19. On the left-hand side, page 19, is kind of a general walk through the book of Acts. They start in Acts 1.15. They only got 120 people. That's all there are. Everybody else left. They saw Jesus die. They were gone. There's 120 people. Then, in Acts 2, verse 41, some 3,000 people come, give their life to the Lord, and they're all baptized. Let's give them a hand. Okay? This booklet is actually dedicated to those 3,000 people. And then by the time you get to Acts 2.47, the Bible says they were having daily conversions. What does that mean? That means folks weren't just getting saved on Sunday. There were people getting saved on Monday, people getting saved on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It wasn't just once a week. It was happening every day. And by the time you get to Acts 4.4, The Bible says that there were 5,000 men that were saved. We went from 3,000, now there's 5,000. And if we just, you know, they used to count, ladies don't be offended by this, they used to just count men. But we figure they had wives, so now you're up to 10,000. They probably had a couple kids, so by the time you get to Acts 4-4, there's probably 15, 20, 30,000 Christians by then. They started off with just 120 How was the church growing so rapidly? Well, the disciples were fulfilling Jesus' last commission to go make disciples and baptize them. Now, if you look down at Acts 9, verse 42, it says that there were many in Joppa. Everybody say Joppa. There were many in Joppa, which is right outside Tel Aviv. Many people in Joppa were, were, they believed in the Lord. If you go down to Acts 11 verse 21, it says, A great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. 
Acts 11.24, a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Acts 14, verse 21, a large number of disciples. In other words, it basically saying, hey, there were a bunch of people that got saved that day. However, in the book of Acts, go to page 20 in your notes. There's a chart there. There are 10 what we call conversion stories in the book of Acts. This is where Luke the doctor gives a written detailed description of exactly what happened to that person. For example, next weekend when we baptize hundreds of people, you'll be able to say, hey, you should have been at Shepherd. Uh, There were lots of people that got saved. Okay. There could be 300, there could be 400. What if we had 3,000? That would be cool. But that doesn't tell you, if I say, hey, a bunch of people got baptized or a bunch of people believed in the Lord, it doesn't tell you the details of what happened to that individual. But 10 times in the book of Acts, Luke, the doctor, writes a detailed description of exactly what happened to them. Thus, this chart. The Bible, and we'll talk more about this next week, the Bible talks about believing, it talks about repenting, it talks about confessing, it talks about being baptized. And so we put this chart together so that you can sit down and read these 10 conversion stories and you can put the check marks where they belong to know what they did to be saved. So, for example, the very first one, the 3,000, you read through the text, and you'll see that it it says it in the text, it's in the text, that they believed, put a check mark there. It says that they repented. You weren't there, but Luke was there. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. We have a special gift for everyone listening today to help with your daily Bible reading. It's our Anchored Journal, a complete 365-day Bible reading guide and journal that will help you stay connected to God's Word throughout the coming year. It works with any version of the Bible you are currently reading. The Anchored Journal comes in a choice of colors and can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. It's as simple as calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. You won't want to miss out on this limited time offer, so be sure to call right now. Our number again is 888-818-4777.
The Anchor Journal can also be found on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Get yourself anchored to God's Word with your personal Anchor Journal today. We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, One Thing. These scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything. I'm Kyle Welch inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.